Mickey here with Zizzy. Here we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's playoff time, and let's get ready to rumble. Why am I hyped? Because I was right. Why am I hyped? Because I was right. Why am I hyped? Now I get to talk crap to Mickey. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Oh, I can't yeah. even get into the whole intro. I'm just excited, man. Shout out Pinnacle Supplementation, obviously. Look up their website, everybody. We got to go get out, get your bottles, get your merch. Use your promo code, Mickey Zizzy. We want to shout them out, of course. But I, I just I just can't do it like normal, Mickey. I'm excited. I usually always lose on this show. It's about time that the trends are changing in my favor. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm big fan right now. I'm a big believer of my picks. Let's get it going with the playoffs. What's up, buddy? You just let me down. I thought you were going to have a little bit of rhyming. I thought from Dr. Seuss, some in, uh, inner <laughs> Dr. Zeus, Seuss, uh, Zizzy was going to come out, and it didn't. Uh, I was kind of sad from that. But, uh, you know, I got to call spade a spade. I got to admit when I am wrong, and I hate doing it. But, you know, uh, it was a tough weekend for the picks, as uh, the fans and I are 4-2. and two. And, yes, you are 6-0 and oh in the playoff Woo! predictions. Uh, nobody saw it coming, at least except for you. But uh, <laughs> you are right; it is trending in that direction. Shout out Pinnacle! I know I still been uh, using it, and it's great. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an electric episode for sure. Absolutely. Now, of course, before we get into anything, just because there is there is a lot to discuss. There's a lot of excitement. I mean, it is the first week of playoffs, regardless of the pickums or anything else. Um, you know how we start every episode? It's a person of the week, bud. So let's get to it. Who you got? All righty, I'm going to take it within the family here. I'm going to shout out my little brother, that being Travis Hines. Uh, so the, over the new year, going into the new year, everyone sets goals and whatnot. And Haley also uh, helped me create a fitness account. Now, I was always kind of unsure about doing this. I didn't know if I really wanted to do it. I had different you know, feelings about it, like, oh, could I actually do it and whatnot? And I reached out to my brother, and he's like, Oh, yeah, dude, let's do it. He was super hype about it, super excited about it. So I sort of shout out Haley and him for kind of like uh, pushing me in this direction. I'm liking it, kind of creating my own plans, creating our own little thing. He's doing more uh, body physique. I'm just kind of creating my own plans, trying out different workouts here and there. So that's kind of our focus is uh, body physique. And like he's getting into bodybuilding while I'm doing like trying to create new maxes. I'm going to be doing, you know, like the fitness testing for PE games and weird exercises or weird runs, all that jazz. So uh, shout out him, uh, Precision, Heinz Precision Fitness. Wow. No. Pre- yes. That Sorry, I'm way off on it. Uh, but uh, it was it's just something cool that me and him can do together. Yeah, no, I mean, always makes anything better when you're doing it with family. But on top of that, just the motivation factor, the – Everybody getting into it. Honestly, this all kind of just falls into my personal week as well. Um, that would be George Siyama for this week. Um, and that was honestly just because he created a positive environment, just something as simple as creating a Snapchat story where we can all kind of share our workout goals, motivations, gains, physiques, anything of that nature. Pretty similar to what you guys are doing with Heinz Precision Fitness, although this is just a group chat for all the boys and anybody else that's in it. Um, I think you were in it. I'm pretty sure you posted in it. But uh, either way, it, um, yeah, just just a cool environment to kind of promote self growth and everybody trying to chase after their goals and aspirations for the year. 
Um, and then going back to even your guys' Heinz precision, precision fitness stuff. I mean, I watched those stories. I've seen all the posts. I mean, even from Travis doing his posing and everything, trying to work on that to you guys just getting in your workouts, kind of sharing what it is that you do with your workouts. I know that I've tried to take a few things. I think it was from your guys' arm day that I was trying to take some, uh, just some additives and everything that I could put in my own workouts. But I mean, it definitely helps for us to just see it. And then on top of that, any results that anybody has, it's just cool to share that progress and kind of just have that positive support and back and environment for everyone to kind of do their thing. And it's, it's, it's a good time. I haven't been around a lot of people that do that. Um, shout out George again for making that group chat, but then yeah, on your guys' side of things, pretty much same thing. So I'm with you, bud. I like it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of getting a little more serious here before we start getting into the nitty gritty of it. But, yeah, you're so right. Surrounding those people that have similar goals and that is, you know, with fitness and whatnot, we all can't just go ball out on Saturdays or go work towards mm-hmm. the football season. We got to figure out new ways to motivate yourself. And sometimes it is challenging. Sometimes it is hard to really narrow your focus on what you want to do. Right now, you know, I have different varieties when I'm trying to do my maxes, trying to do the six week program. And then we're going to do, you know, Wad Wednesdays, all this other stuff. But uh, it's super cool just to see others stay active, stay fitness, and try to reach those goals. And, I mean, that's always what we're trying to do here on the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Absolutely. Don't think that we, for a second, are not here to support the people that listen and also just our friends and everything in general. But with that being said, I'm here to put Mickey down today. I'm here to put him down. So. Let's talk about it, man. Wild card weekend in the books. Six games, six results, six new ma- or four new matchups, I believe, now to talk about on the divisional round, and we will get to it. But let's start where it all began. Let's, uh, what do you want to go? Bengals, Bengals, Raiders, where it all started? Uh, sure. I was going to rip off the bandit right away, but, uh, we will go with the positive. Come on now. Yeah, come on now. I gotta, I gotta build up to that just a bit. Just okay. a bit. I like it. That's fine. Um, on the Mickey's Zizzy podcast last episode, I predicted this. I predicted the Bengals would get the W over the Raiders. Uh, Joey B, uh, his nickname is becoming Joe Franchise, Joey B, Joey Cool. Like, as a fan base, you must love this. There's a parent who actually comes and picks up my students. He has Bengals, like, cover seats. I'm like, that guy must be super happy. Like, I actually think about that every time he drives up because the Bengals are winning. So, I mean, if you just look at it, Joey Franchise over here, 244, two touchdowns. That's going to get you a W. And Jamar Chase is still doing Jamar Chase-like things. He's becoming a superstar in the NFL. And then you look on the flip side for the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr didn't play necessarily bad, but he didn't play great. Um, The Raiders were always an up-and-down team anyway this entire season. And it just feels good to be right. And uh, the Bengals, like I said, they're going to be a scrappy team. But it's going to be tough next round, no doubt. But uh, I predicted this one. I was super happy about it. Uh, Bengals fan, Cincinnati, you better get excited here in a few years. I mean, why, why in a few years? I mean, they can get excited. Or now, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say get excited now. The Bengals are real. Um, they are one of the hottest teams. In I mean, that was that was a big thing that I see for them going in the play, coming into the playoffs and then uh, even moving forward into this weekend is just the momentum factor. I mean, Joe Burrow at the end of the season, those last two, three games, I mean, we're talking like those couple 400-plus yard games, the four-touchdown game, the five-touchdown game, just building that momentum. Jamar Chase with the multiple hundred yard games and then continues that in his first career playoff game. Um, I mean, 
even it, it's just impressive to see what they're doing. I mean, Joe Burrow, honestly, all season, if they if, if he had struggled against anything, it had been the zone defense. And he's coming against a Raiders team that's made the playoffs, coming off a big win against the Chargers to get in. And they play mainly zone. And you would think, okay, he's going to limit him. Don't get me wrong. He didn't throw for 250 and do anything extravagant or crazy. But he showed poise. He showed that he is the franchise player. It's his first playoff start. He is 20. He's 24 for 34. I'll take 10 incomplete passes for almost 250 and two touchdowns. Like, no turnovers. 110 rating your first game. Yeah, that's big time, big time in the playoffs. And then also when you look at the rest of the team, like I said, we know Jamar Chase is going to do his thing. Um, but T. Higgins only has one catch. J- Joe Mixon doesn't even have 50 yards on the ground. Like this was not even the best game that we could see from the Bengals. This is, wasn't the best version of them that we had seen even to close out the season. So, I mean, do you only expect them to kind of get better as they continue to build confidence, continue to gain momentum with every win that they have? Um, they've got a tough matchup, obviously, coming into divisional round, and we'll talk about that later. But they did what they had to do. Um, I, in my opinion, the Raiders really gave them their best shot. I mean, Derek Carr threw for 310. They had Darren Waller back, and he comes back strong with seven catches for almost 80. I mean, that it's their best punch. Josh Jacobs only almost rushes for a hundred, averages six yards a carry, and couldn't get the job done. So, um, I mean, they've got a lot to kind of do. It was a tumultuous year for the Raiders for them to still make the playoffs was, was an achievement. But Bengals are the better team, and I think we both saw this coming. Yeah, and you know, just a lot of things like the or the saying it was uh, the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since texting was invented. Like they now you can finally that's true. Hey, I forget yeah, that means yeah. And you know, Joe Burrow also joined Hall of Famer Kurt Warner and Drew Brees. It's the only quarterbacks in the last thirty seasons to have seventy plus completion percentage and a hundred plus passing rater in the first playoff start. Like. That just shows how elite Joey B is going to be. Yeah, that's he a has rare that list. championship mentality. He has that winner mentality. He knows that I don't need to throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, but if I can be efficient and if I can be smart with the football and put my defense in positive things, not putting our defense on our side of the field, we're going to be in some pretty uh, good territory there. So, I mean, just a great day for the Bengals. Yeah, and speaking of that defense, even on that, one of their biggest playmakers was lost early in the game with Trey Hendrickson with the concussion protocol. I mean, if he comes back for this week, obviously that'll be a big for them. I think he was out there practicing and clear protocol, so he should be out there. But just the overall good team win. It was a one-score game at the end of it, so it was still close. But the whole time watching that game, he kind of felt like the Bengals were in control, had the momentum on their side, and – kind of rode it out the rest of the way once they took the lead in the first quarter, 10-3. So uh, I like what I see with from the Bengals. Again, very young team, making it happen early in the playoffs. First playoff win since texting is invented. <laughs> yeah, it's a super cool day for the Bengals. All right, Yank. Uh, we kind of got that one recapped up. We're going to move on to the next one, uh, the other Saturday game. And I remember just watching this, Yank. And I'm like, what a blowout. Did not predict yeah. I did predict the Bills to win. I think there yep. was going to be an easy W, but I didn't think it was going to be that easy. They scored on every drive. They scored on every single drive that they had. I mean, Josh Allen, five touchdowns, five in drive, yeah. eight. A rushing game was uh, amazing with 81 yards and then 66 by Josh Allen. Devin Singletary had the 81. Um, Dawson Knox, their tight end, was having a day as well. Um, Patriots got hit with a good team. 
Mac Jones. Uh, I wouldn't say he cracked under pressure. He threw, still threw two touchdowns and whatnot. But uh, it's going to be – it's the passing of the torch that the Bills are the real deal. The Patriots are in the quote-unquote rebuilding year, but they made the playoffs and still are beating really good teams. So, I mean, that's insane. Um, and I think for when they play the Chiefs this weekend, I know we're going to get into it, but it's a huge game and confidence booster for this Buffalo Bills team. They're going to go beat a rival by 40, and they're gonna be like, yeah, we're here, we're now, it's our year. They've been up and down all year, Yank. They have been the top three, oh, top five, top six, oh, back up to top three team in the NFL. And this was a huge ride. This is what you want as a, football, a head football coach. Oh, we just went and beat our rivals by 40. Okay, we got our swagger back. We're going to go into next round with, you know, at most confidence so that we can, uh, you know, beat the team that knocked us out last year. Yeah, I mean, anytime that you win a game in general by four touchdowns, you're going to be feeling good about yourself, especially in the playoffs. But when it comes against a division rival, especially when that division rival is the team that has won the division for the last 20 years, other than last year when Buffalo finally broke through. But still, I mean, this is a team that has dominated the AFC East, dominated their opponents. When you look at the decade, um, re- the records for the decade. I don't know if you ever saw that those came out. I mean, the Patriots had 125 wins and 35 losses in the last decade. It was by far the most out of any team. I think second was the Packers, and they had them beat by like 20 games or something like that. So, I mean, the Patriots could literally lose for an, a season and a half straight and still have the best record in the last 10 years. It's crazy. It's crazy to talk about the success that they've had. Um, again, hats off to Bill Belichick to get them, I mean, to move on with a rookie quarterback, to get them playing as well as they did as a team, to get in the playoffs. I mean, it was all great accomplishments. But at the end of the day, I think just having a rookie quarterback and having some of the inexperience, it, it just showed. I mean, Buffalo was the better team. that They have the better quarterback. When Josh Allen comes out and throws more touchdown passes than he does incompletions, I mean, what yeah, do you, what do you huge expect? Stat. What huge do you, stat. That's a huge stat. It's a huge stat. I mean, when your passer rating is literally, what, less than a point away from being perfect? I, I mean, uh, you're going to win a playoff game when you're playing like that, especially when you're rushing on the ground. Buffalo kind of flips the script on New England, and they rush for almost 200 yards this game. I mean, Singletary does his thing, averaging five yards a carry, gets two tutties with 81. Josh Allen showing, just like we talked about last week on the podcast, how Josh Allen is becoming one of those crazy dual-threat quarterbacks that a lot of people kind of like to avoid talking about that with Josh Allen. Throw him out of the yeah, we talk about Lamar. We talk about the mobility of Mahomes and like even Rodgers, some of the other great quarterbacks. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, any of these guys. We got all of them as mobile quarterbacks. But Josh Allen is one of the most efficient and productive uh, rushers of, of the football in general. He usually leads the Buffalo Bills in rushing at the end of the game. So have all that. Have the throw power, the arm, the cannon to throw five touchdowns over 300 yards. I mean, a 30-point win in the playoffs, man. When you win by four touchdowns against someone like the Patriots, like Bill Belichick ain't going to let anybody just come in and walk all over him. Like, you know he's coming in with a game plan. You know he's a tough out regardless. And they kind of got embarrassed. So, I mean, shout out to the Bills. Huge confidence booster going into this game this weekend. Um, But they're going to need it. Oh, they are. I mean, 
the Buffalo Bills have been an offensive powerhouse these entire years. I mean, they're nine and one when they've scored over thirty points. So I mean, that's what they have to do. I'll talk about more of that when we talk about the predictions. But I love the Bills. I love Josh Allen. I love Stephon Diggs. Uh, and it was just a huge monumental win for them. And uh, you know, Patriots are quote unquote in that rebuilding phase. But when you go, are in the playoffs in a rebuilding phase, like you're gonna be okay as a fan base. Like you're right back in it. You're uh, fighting for next year. Like they still Yeah, don't remind us. We right don't there. we're do- we don't remind us AFC East opponents. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> don't remind us. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, the Bills came in. They get the job done. It was honestly, uh, I mean, the Bengals game was a pretty decent game. But for Saturday-wise, uh, it, it let me yearning for Sunday. I was excited for Sunday. So uh, let, let's get to it, man. All right, moving on to Sunday where it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Eagles. That was, that was the first game. And our boy, Tristan Wirfs, gets hurt. High ankle sprain there. True, uh, yeah. It big implications. He ended up giving up a sack because he was injured. Like totally, you know, he looked like he was hurting out there, Yank. And then they almost lose their center, but he comes back. So the offensive line, the injuries keep on hitting the Buccaneers, and that's gonna be really scary. That's what we've been talking about: the injuries, the players making diff- uh, poor decisions on and off the field, and Tom Brady still finding a way to win. Tom Brady beat the Eagles, which I said to be a little bit tougher than what I think it was. I mean, a 16-point W here for the Bucks, Bucks, But, yay. I think he's had 34 playoff career wins. Mm-hmm. That's By two far seasons. the most. <laughs> That's two seasons of extra play he's had. And people say, oh, this and that. What about this year, Yank? He That's went 270. That's not even all the games played. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's 270. For two touchdowns, like, that's winning football. Like, yeah, he didn't do it all. Mike Evans had 117. Mike Evans had a great day. And then the defense went and did their thing and held the Eagles to, you know, a subpar game. Jalen Hurts had some questionable decision-making with two interceptions there. But the Eagles just couldn't beat the Bucks even with all the injuries. And the Bucks need to get healthy moving on in the playoffs. Uh, we've been saying it for now. But if they keep on pulling off Ws, like, hey, keep me quiet all you want. You know what I'm saying, Yank? Uh, but – uh, that's just the big thing is this team has got to get healthy to become that like, oh yeah, we're Super Bowl champs. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy though. We keep saying that. We keep mentioning the injuries. Obviously, we know they are impacting the team. This team would only be even better with everybody healthy, but they just always seem to have somebody step up right when they need it, whether it's Gronk, whether it's Mike Evans, whether it's Cyril Grayson, whether it's um, Kashawn Vaughn, you know, all these Giovanni Bernard, everybody stepping up when somebody goes down. And it's, it's impressive. It's honestly, it tells you a lot about the team's culture, a lot about the team's character, their mindset, where they're go- where, what they're focused on right now, their demeanor. Um, they, they're, they're in a good spot. It's just a matter of, Will now these additional injuries and anything else continue to pose a problem? Um, it sounds like Leonard Fournette's going to be coming back, but we might lose. They might lose Tristan Wirfs for this weekend. He didn't practice again today, so a little bit nerve wracking, especially with uh, the opponent they're going to be placing in the divisional round. But again, we'll get to that. Let's focus on this one. I mean, Brady again comes out, gets his thirty-fourth playoff win, two touchdowns, almost three hundred yards. This is, they, uh, this is my MVP, if you're asking me at this point. They, they I mean, play to his strength, too. Tom Brady's not going to sit back in it and sling it 70 yards. I mean, his no. average throw, at least in the first quarter, was 2.1 seconds. Second. 
that's that's I mean he and he's always but that's Brady. That's who Brady is, and that's who he always has been. He's. Ne- I don't know if he's had a season where he's been over three seconds on a release time. Like that's just who he is. And to do that against a team that is going to rely on a good defensive line to try and get some pass rush or whatever, because they can't. You can't. You can't sit here and blitz Brady. In my opinion, he's too good. He's been in the league too long. He knows coverages too well. If he knows where you're coming from, he's going to pick you apart. So even just sitting back. He's got the time. If he doesn't, he gets rid of it when he needs to. He is the all-time great game manager. We all know this. That's why he's goaded. That's why he's goaded. Um, but, again, this team just kind of performing, outperforming themselves, even when you don't think they will. It's a playoff game against a team that was doing pretty well coming in. Eagles were hot. They'd revolutionized their offense. We had talked about that coming in. But, I mean, this game wasn't even as close as the 16 points said. I mean, those 15 sure. points scored by the Eagles are kind of in garbage time, in my opinion, all in the fourth quarter. Um, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he looked like a rookie quarter. Uh, he kind of looks like a, a playoff rookie, which he is. So it's his first playoff game. Did what he could. But, I mean, when the Eagles struggle to establish their rushing game, they've struggled all year to win those games. So, I mean, you're going against a tough Tampa Bay defense that is great against the run, but still got to do something to try and establish that. And if you can't, be aware of the game plan. Like, I don't know about you, but the Bucks were feeling very comfortable running man-on coverage for most of the game. You have some stuff. You have a first-round Heisman pick in Devontae Smith going one-on-one with corners and slot uh, DBs all game. You got to find a way to get your playmakers the ball. You got to find a way to get your playmakers the ball. Get them involved. Get them to score touchdowns. I'm sure with how shifty somebody like Devontae Smith is, they're going to be able to get open if you game plan for it. So um, just kind of drop the ball on the Eagles' part. They didn't look prepared against it. I mean, it's the defending champs they're playing. So what we both expected coming out of it. Oh, yeah. Easy W uh, for the Buccaneers. It's going to be another tough matchup. I just hope they get healthy. Uh, I really do. Yeah, I, I mean, just a, as a fan, as a fan, it's just yeah. a matter of like every game that you play, you honestly want to see them have everybody out there because you don't you leave no doubt, leave no doubt. Exactly. Moving on to the uh, afternoon game on Sunday. Uh, how do I work? How do I? Work? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I am hurt. I am wrong. Uh, I called you a fool. Well, I guess I was looking in the mirror, <laughs> Mr. Lizzy. Uh, this hurts. I've been hyping up the Cowboys all year. I say they're going to go to the NFC Championship. Their offense this, their defense that. You know, America's team. Like, I was hyping them up almost as my favorite second team in the NFL behind the Chicago Bears. Um, now, let's, uh, let's digest it. Uh, it was such a slow game. It was this and that. We're going to get to the last thing at the end of the game. But uh, let's just go by stats because, you know, I love stats. Uh, they threw a fake punt. That was electric. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Prescott, 250 for a touchdown interception. That's not winning football. But look at the flip side. Once again, this is another time where Jimmy G doesn't throw a touchdown, throws under 200 yards, and he still wins because of the rushing game. Debo mm-hmm. Samuel had 70 yards rushing. Elijah Mitchell had 90. Almost a 100-yard game. Once again, the 49ers said we're going to run the ball down their throat. Like that first drive. Yank that first drive. Oh, they my got goodness. 10, For uh, real. 15 yards rushes with George Kill leading up and blocking. Um, it was incredible if you're a 49ers fan. 
your quarterback throws no touchdowns, so you still win the game. That doesn't happen in the NFL anymore, Yank. You need a good quarterback to win, and the 49ers prove that stat wrong real quick. Their defense mm-hmm. came and balled out. They said electric offense. Who? We're going to hold Zeke to under 40 yards. Like, once again, he probably needed a few more touches here and there. And then your, your star receiver, CeeDee Lamb, had one catch, Yank. One. Mari Cooper, yeah, moved around. He got 60 yards. But, like, if you're the first or slash second best receiver on your team, you need to not get shut down by these corners. You need to go make big time plays. We just talked to the Eagles getting their playmakers the ball. CD, you need to go. You need to get the ball. However that may be, and that goes along with Dak as well. Um, like I said, I'm hurt. Uh, crazy, crazy ending. Uh, I'm very interested to hear your take on the ending. I'll kind of let you bring that in, but uh, it hurt. It definitely did. You know, it's kind of weird seeing you like sounds like a Bears fan only for the Cowboys. It's kind of <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, kind of interesting. <laughs> no, straight up, though, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't sitting here knocking anybody that chose the Cowboys. I mean, in a way, that's a logical pick. They're a 12-1 team. They did have a defense that was playing better. They do have an offense that's explosive, especially at home. But they just came out and kind of laid an egg. I mean, they're, the rushing game is what really stood out to me for Dallas. I mean, this is a team that uh, Mike, Mike McCarthy has preached all year. We're going to run the ball. We're going to be a physical team. We're going to do this on offense. We're going to do that. And then the game plan shows up, and it's either like Kellen Moore doesn't hear him or they're just trying to beat the other team and in the, in the tr- thinking they're doing something they're not or they think they're playing some trick game. I don't know what it is, but the, the Cowboys have – a better team when they have the run established. I mean, they just have uh, – it's factual. And um, for them to really only come out and their leading rusher be Zeke, who barely breaks 30 yards, averages only two and a half a carry, I mean, that's not going to get it done in a playoff game. I know the 49ers have a great rush defense. They got Bosa. They got Warren. They got people up front. I get that. But you're the Dallas Cowboys. You're a great offensive line. You're a great – offensive talent when it comes to a quarterback and wide receiver position that should draw attention away from the run game you got to find a way to get it established that's number one. Second, everyone's got doubt these niners man i mean it's not about jimmy g i've always said that it's not it's not about jimmy g and that's why i'm not sitting here saying they're going to be a super bowl pick or make a super bowl run but the rush game is deadly. Debo Samuel has taken his game to another level. Their receivers are solid. I mean, people got to realize George, they won this game. George Kittle had one catch. George Kittle had one catch. This is their one of the most prolific weapons, if not their best weapon outside of Debo as of right now. I mean, for them to come into Dallas, keep the uh, keep the Cowboys under 20 points at home, which has happened, I think, once this season. I mean, it, it's a testament to what the 49ers were able to do. And, I mean, I said they were a dangerous team coming in. Not a lot of people were talking about them. I get that people would take Dak over Jimmy G. I would every time. But something just said to me about this game. There had to be an upset in one of these games. And this this is a team that, honestly, like I said before, nobody wants to play them. So, a big win for the 49ers. They get to draw a beautiful slate with the Packers next. But, still, um, Big time game, really exciting. And then just the ending, I mean, it's fitting. It's a fitting way for the Cowboys season to end. Um, it's honestly, at watching that game, it's what they deserved. 
Um, you don't win a game in general, let alone a playoff game with 14 self-inflicted penalties. Um, and then to go just kind of reflect that by making a – I don't know if it's a bad call or if it's on Dak for not getting down faster or trying to get set up because you know – it takes a minimum of two seconds off the clock if you snap the ball, regardless if you spike it, whatever else. That's just the bare minimum. It's what it's going to be. You have to allow yourself to get that time to get set up. You're a professional quarterback. you got to know that the referee's got to touch the ball before it hits the ground. I mean, there's just a lot of miscues from players and from the coach itself. I don't know. I don't know. You could take it both ways. I personally blame the players more than I do the coach in that situation, but – I know a lot of people like to backfire at McCarthy, so I'm interested to see what your take on that is. Yes, we're going to bring up Mike McCarthy. There's been a lot of uh, debate about that as well. But, yeah, the last thing of the day, uh, last play of the game, I don't think it was Dak's fault, you know, or the coach's fault. Uh, you know, I kind you don't of think it's either? It's got to be somebody's fault. Uh, the referee, I mean, the, he was very slow to get there. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, like, he was very <laughs> slow to get there. And getting in the way, like, you got to push him out of the way. You touch the ball so they can go. Um, maybe that's I mean, these guys are twice right his size. He's getting thrown into him. I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's kind of a bang bang Ed, thing, but that's what I'm saying. You know that can happen. Get down, do do it, run it. So, I mean, yes, if anything, you have to lean it on Dak's side. But the referee did take forever to go and get there, and I think it was just unfair because they were all set. They hiked it and all mm-hmm. that. So I think it was a little unfair at the end. Uh, now talk about Mike McCarthy. Everyone's saying that he shouldn't have a job. Uh, that's blasphemous. Yeah, they haven't been so popular in the playoffs, but they've been a 12-1 season. They've been balling out. Last year, they had the injury to Dak, other injuries here and there. He's a good coach. People say this and that, like, oh, but I guess he's not too personable in the locker room. That's the one thing I will let back up. If the players aren't vibing with him, like, you know, like how – uh, Mike Tomlin is. We talked about how personal he is with his players and how he's always got their back. I guess uh, Coach McCarthy is not that. But on the field, like his game planning and whatnot, like he is successful. And I would love to debate that with you. Uh, and I think he's the, he should be the cowboy for the future. I think if he doesn't go to the playoffs again, that's when you uh, kick him to the curb, uh, make him get a new job. But like, I think he's your coach moving on, and you got to keep on believing in the system and the players that y'all got because y'all got the team. Uh, just some unfortunate events happened this past Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I've, like I said, it's an explosive offense. It's a defense that forced a lot of turnovers. I mean, regardless if if you uh, allow a lot of yards, you win the turnover battle most games. You put yourself in a position to win. It's. I, I agree. I don't think you get rid of McCarthy. I mean, he p- does one season without his star quarterback. They don't even. They're not even horrible. I'm pretty sure they still won the division. No, they um, were one game. Oh no, they were lost. Yeah, no, they lost to Washington. Washington didn't win, win it last year, but still, I mean, they were competing. They were around. If you have Dak, you easily win last season, in my opinion. I think you do. And then this year, you show up with a healthy team. You go 12-5. and The defense takes a huge jump after hiring Dan Quinn as coordinator. I know that's why people are saying, like, he should be head coach. He should be head coach. Well, Well, head coach oversees all. And at the end of the day, they're a 12-5 and football team. So I I can't turn around and say that McCarthy didn't have them ready to play on a daily basis. Did he make questionable calls? Yes. Did he make questionable challenges? Yes. Did he look like Every they weren't does. the most prepped like they weren't the most prep team for this playoff game? Okay, sure. I'll get 
But not every team's going to be on their A game day in, day out. I understand. I think it's just, at the end of the day, amplified because he's the coach of the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have had such a long drought in the playoffs. They have been a team that has been great in years past, but just it, they falter when it counts. And I understand that. People want to reflect that on the coach, but he's two years in. I don't, I don't know. I... Because even on the last play, people want to blast the coach. I still blame. No, that they practice that all the time. They got it in time. And- they said they practice that situation. Dak himself said that they practice that situation and practice all the time. So I mean, if they're practicing it, someone like Dak or whoever is in control of the play, that is who it falls on. In my opinion, you got to know the situation. If you're worried about the possibility of a ref bobble, anything else like that, then get down three seconds sooner. I mean, what is three yards going to do for you in that situation when you're still going to be throwing a Hail Mary to the end zone at that point? He's got the arm for it, too. Yeah, he's got more than an arm for it. They were already past the 50. So, what to me, what is the difference between getting to the 30 and getting to the 25? I just, I don't, I don't understand that. But either way, I mean, and even when you look about it, even though he still snapped it and spiked it, like regardless if they even had had the time, he still chose to spike the ball. That takes two seconds off. I don't even think that they get another play regardless. So, I don't know. I think they were just flustered. It was the end of the game, a high intense, um, high intensity moment. I put that on Dak, honestly, more than anybody. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's 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 always going to be a question when it comes to McCarthy. I don't agree with all the questions, at least not right now. Um, they come out and drop the ball next year, okay, maybe. Maybe. If there's personal uh, problems in the locker room like you mentioned, okay, maybe. But I haven't heard any of that. I don't know about that. So from now on, I mean, I, I, you're 12-5 and five football team. You lost a playoff game. It sucks. Looking at all those Cowboys fans being upset at the photos and videos, it's kind of hilarious. But I get it; it sucks. But I mean, I'm not going to take I'm not going to take that away from Mike McCarthy. Overall, is a successful season. Yes, uh, it was a successful season. Uh, heartbreaking their loss. Uh, you did predict it. Uh, things we do hate to see on the podcast is uh, Mr. Yankovic being right. But uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of said why they lost and whatnot, and I think Coach McCarthy would keep his job. Obviously, that debate's going to come up later on in the offseason and start of next year. But uh, we're going to continue on with the Super Wild Card Weekend, Yank. And uh, I don't know if you want to call this a blowout, uh, clowning, uh, walk in the park, uh, kids at an ice cream shop. I really don't know what you want to call this, but the Chiefs uh, took the Steelers uh, around the block here and uh, came away with a big W. It was Big Ben's final go out. Big Ben's final game. They still scored 21 points. If you had the over here, uh, I was living large on the over. But uh, Patty Mahomey says, all right, Josh Allen, I see you throwing five touchdowns. I'll do the same, and I'll meet you in the next round. He also threw for 404 yards. Uh, the Chiefs got all the swagger back. And Jarek McKinnon, their running back, looks like a Chiefs running back. The number one looks really, really good. Him running the ball, I'm like, wow, did they just somehow find a new weapon underneath the rug here? And Jarek McKinnon. And he was having a day himself. And I think his – I mean, he averaged five years to carry Yank, so him running the ball helps set up for those explosive offensive plays. Oh, and then I understand that Travis Kelsey threw a touchdown as well. That's why I was kind of thinking this game was just like everyone knew what the result was going to be. Um, and with Travis Kelsey throwing touchdowns, with all the receivers going off, I mean, he also had a 100-yard receiver for Kelsey. Tyreek Kelly had like 50 yards, but he also had a touchdown. 
Uh, it was just a great day to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, one of the easiest things, I mean, I think if they get the Chargers, like if the playoffs would have worked out a different way, the outcome would have been different. It would have been a closer game. Uh, the Steelers barely niched into the playoffs. Uh, Big Ben got his team to the playoffs. I mean, that's the biggest kind of excitement you have to do or have to say for this team. Uh, but Big Ben didn't throw an interception. I mean, that's kind of nice going to the last game. Najee Harris got uh, shut down as well, though. Um, tough for Big Ben to go out. Like we always say, yeah, he's one of those quarterbacks from growing up, like Big Ben's with the Steelers, and he's gone. So that's super sad to see. Um, like I said, though, Chiefs. Easy dub, and it's going to set them up. Once again, they have their confidence up, too. Uh, we got a heavyweight uh, fight coming up next week. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, you do got to take a second and just acknowledge Big Ben's career. I mean, I don't know if we've really known football much without seeing Big Ben play, without seeing Tom Brady play, without that. I mean, there's a couple guys that just have been staples in the league since I can remember even being a fan of the game. So to know that that was his last game, to watch that, I didn't think he played bad. 215, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, for someone as immobile as he is at this point in his, in his career, he only took two sacks against a swarming defense that was there all night. Um, I mean, it was just – it was. It was a bittersweet moment in a way. Um, you could tell in his interviews. You could tell even just from the past weeks the way he's talking. He knows. He knows it's over. I, I don't see him playing anywhere else. I don't see him continuing to come back or try and do anything. I think that's it. Um, and I know he hasn't made a formal announcement on that yet. But, I mean, hell of a career. Great player. Uh, I was big Ben throughout throughout the years and whatever else. But, yeah, it is going to be – it is weird going into an off season not knowing the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in this position before as just a fan of the game. So pretty cool moving forward. Um, we'll see what happens there, but let's get to the game. Like you said, it, it was a shellacking. I mean, honestly, through the first quarter, I was like, Oh, this is exactly what we were talking about. If the Steelers defense can keep it close, it's just, it gets scary when you get into crunch time. And then the Kansas City does what they always do and puts up three touchdowns within like four minutes in the second quarter. So, um, I mean, it's it's an offensive explosion, man. I mean, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns, one passing just for the heck of it. McKinnon gets six catches in the touchdown for 80 yards and then follows it up with 60 yards rushing. I mean, when that all happens on offense, which we know is lethal. I mean, Byron Pringle's catching two touchdowns out there. Nick Allegretti, who is that? And he's catching touchdowns out there. uh, When their offense is this good, as it has been for years now, it just makes them so dangerous when it comes to now their defense starting to bolster itself, play good down the stretch, which, again, I really just feel like that's a Kansas City theme when it comes to their team and their defense. I mean, if you haven't – every time we get playoff time and where it matters, crunch time, you lose or go home, the defense seems to kind of bolster up, seems to kind of knock up and just not – like it doesn't give the same way that it has in the regular season, especially if we're talking about the defense that had that three and five start to the season. I mean, this is, this is just not that. So for them to come out and hold the entire Pittsburgh Steelers rushing committee to under 50 yard or under 60 yards or whatever it was. I mean, that's impressive. Najee Harris is no joke when it comes to tackle on the run, the ball carrier. I mean, that man has had, 
after contact all season, great yards after contact. Um, 12 carries for under 30 yards, two and a half yards a carry. I mean, it's a staple to – it's a staple to see say what the defense was able to do for Kansas City. And then when your offense is rolling on top of that, that's what happens. At least to a 21-point blowout to end the wild card weekend. But are we surprised? Are you surprised? Because I'm truly not. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, this was the worst team that we said in the playoffs in the picks for the Steelers going against one of the best and the two-time defending AFC champions. So... Kind of what we expected. Sucks for Big Ben. Cool to watch him go, but uh, I, if I'm you, if I'm a fan of the game, I want to see the Chiefs keep going. This is a better team. 100%. I mean, we want to see the better team going on, and we want to see that heavyweight fight. I mean, I'm going to be eating popcorn. I'm going to be watching this game. Uh, it's going to be so exciting to watch. And Steelers, I mean, thanks for coming out. Uh, they got a ticket to the party, <laughs> but they fix it. Uh, moving on now, yeah, because I mean, there's just not much more to say about that game. No, that's that's to, that's wrong. To another controversial pick here on the Mickey Lizzie podcast, where the fans also went with my vote. That being, actually, I think yeah, they went with the 49ers and the Cardinals. I am four and two. You are six and zero. Oh, as long as the fans are four <laughs> and two, it just irks me that I didn't do the full six game parlay. I only did a three gamer. So now I'm like, damn, man. Right, you could have definitely. Uh, I I knew this was gonna happen. I am nowhere near as sad as what I was with that Cowboys called you a fool. I made a gut decision. Um, you know, it was just something at the heart, and I knew this was probably gonna happen. The Rams were gonna get a win, and it was a blowout. Uh, Matthew Stafford went and didn't turn the ball over. He went and did his thing, and he had four incompletions. That's pretty efficient, if you're asking me. Odell had a forty-yard bomb as well, so the Rams were getting a little crafty here. And the Cardinals just laid an egg, a big old goose egg, dinosaur egg. Um, you have, I mean, less than 10 carries for one of your running backs, Chase Edmonds or James Conner. Kyler Murray has an awful day. I think probably his career worst game ever, 130 yards and two interceptions. Like, felt like it watching him. What? It felt like it watching him. That's all I know. Oh, yeah. No, it was his worst game. I mean, it has to be statistically – um, and you're never going to win a football game like that, Yank, especially in the playoffs and whatnot. Uh, Sean McVay took care of business with that Los Angeles Rams team. Uh, they're the better team on paper and the stats with the record all above. They're the better team, and it showed. And the Cardinals, a few pieces away. I don't know if it's coaching because the past two years, they just sl- terrible second half of the season both years in a row. Um, I'm still kind of uh, back and forth with my thoughts about that. But uh, Cooper Cup's the real deal. I mean, they're eleven and one when Cooper uh, Cup has one plus receiving touchdown, and two and four when he has zero touchdown. So if he scores a touchdown, like the Rams are gonna be Jay chilling there, Mister Yankovic. So, like I said, I I I'm not too upset that this happened. Uh, Rams are very very fun to watch as well, and I think they're gonna be a potential NFC Championship bound. Yeah, I mean, this is a very, very complete Rams team. I mean, from a defense oh, that bolsters, yeah, I mean, from a defense that bolsters players like Von Miller, who they gain in a trade, Leonard Floyd, who's a great player, obviously the superstars of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they've got players, man. They're very good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, 
I mean, then on offense, I mean, what else is there to talk about? I mean, Odell Beckham obviously wasn't the problem in in Cleveland. I mean, check check that stat. That man has six touchdowns in nine games with Los Angeles. I mean, he's coming out doing his thing on the biggest stage. Cooper Cup, again, always has been productive, the best receiver probably statistically in the NFL this year. Um, I mean, if and one of the best just in general. And then Stafford, I mean, like you said, efficient. He only threw 17 times, but 200 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I mean, it, they're an impressive team, and they did exactly what they needed to. There's a reason why a bunch of us, including myself, have them for that dark horse to make a Super Bowl run in these playoffs. Now, the biggest thing that stood out to me in this entire game, the return of Cam Akers. Full yeah. strength makers. I don't care what anybody says. That man ran the ball hard, and he ran hungry. It's crazy to think that this man five and a half months ago tore his Achilles to be out there running that hard, taking full contact. I had no idea what to expect when, I mean, I was looking at prop bets, and they were saying he won't get over 24 yards. And I was like, yeah, I got to – I think I got to take that. But, again, you don't know how many carries he's going to get. We didn't see much workload from him in the last game of the regular season when they were trying to get his legs underneath him again. But from the first snap of the game, he came out running. And if they get to add that dimension to their offense, along with everything else that has been coming together for the Rams the last five, six weeks, very scary team and very good team moving forward. Um, they completely dominate the Cardinals at the line of scrimmage. Can we just say – but are they? Did they really try to block Aaron Darnold one on one for three quarters uh, of the game? Very tough. Don't know why. why. Why? I just I don't get it. I mean, and you, we're wondering why Kyler Murray is running around looking scared. I mean, it was it was his worst game statistically. I think that we've seen in in, in his career. Um, he just he looked petrified. He looked panicked the entire night. He was running for his life. Even though they only got two sacks on him, it felt like he was getting hit every other play. It felt like he had no time to let a route develop. I mean, he completed 19 passes and still didn't break 140 yards. I mean, that's a testament to the defense in itself. Quarterback rating under 45. I mean, if we're a Kyler Murray podcast, but we can't celebrate him tonight. I mean, he just he did not right. play well. The offense looked horrible, like you said. Didn't have anybody rush over eight times. Um, nobody had over 28 yards. It's, it was just ugly in general. And I don't know if this is really just the effect of not having DeAndre Hopkins on offense, but there's no way a receiver makes that much of an impact, right? I mean, this team had come out and played against, and played against plenty of teams without their superstar receiver and whatever else to – and, and played well, won the game. I mean, they even had J.J. Watt back in this game, even though it was a little, in a limited, limited capacity. They still had J.J. Watt. They're getting players back. They're getting healthier. Yeah, they just, yeah. They, they just let – it was just a letdown on there. It really was. I mean, it was one of those things where they walk into the building with a not a winning attitude mentality, in my opinion, which obviously was probably not. But, like, that's how it seemed to be on the other side. And, you know, it's just so interesting to see the players that they did acquire. Like, if anyone acquires Von Miller, like, they're going to be their highlight player. They're going to be the best player on that team. Von Miller comes to the Rams, third best, fourth best player on that team. They yeah. have Leonard, uh, Leonard Floyd, like you talked about. He was an elite linebacker for Chicago Bears two years ago. Now he's on the Rams, and he's an even better player than he was now. Um, so, like, that defense is just so star-studded. And Odell is 
meshing perfectly. It took him one week to kind of get situated. He's got his bags packed now, or unpacked, and he is uh, staying for a while. And the Rams are very scary. And moving against an injured Bucks team, uh, we're going to see how it goes. 100%. All righty, Yank. Uh, we broke down the entire super card, or super wild card weekend. Let's get to our <laughs> predictions as we continue on with it. As you had two games, uh, Here it you goes. Might take, you might take it. Uh, it'll be very interesting. I don't know. I'm never, this week. This week ain't easy. Last week I felt great. This week, this week there's a lot of could go either way. Okay, I'm gonna start in the AFC, uh, and we're gonna do our playoff predictions here. I'm gonna start with the King has returned. Oh, Derek, the King Henry. Yeah, oh, I texted you. Boy. I got so excited. I texted you and I said, if the Tennessee Titans go win a Super Bowl, they're my Jersey team. I talked about the Suns being my Jersey team last year for the NBA. I'd get a Jay Crowder. I will get a Derrick Henry Jersey if the Tennessee Titans go win a Super Bowl. So they're going to be my team. My team I'm going to be really excited for here, Yank. And they're playing the Bengals, which obviously out of the four remaining AFC, the three remaining AFC teams, that's the team you want to play. A rookie studded start, like rookie playoff team, if you, you, you know what I'm saying, like, not too much mm-hmm. playoff experience team. Titans have been here. They've had those crucial, those heartbreaking losses. Ryan Tannehill has been here, had those losses. They're number one seed. They got to come to their house. And Derrick Henry, who doesn't have all the bumps and bruises from the like previous season, yeah, he had his foot. He had his surgery, all that jazz. But that's the only thing that might be hurting him. Like, he has no, like, ooh, you know, you know how you, the season goes. Bumps, bruises here and there. He doesn't have any of that. It's going to be a little cold in Tennessee. Um, these corners are going to have to tackle 250-pound Derrick Henry after he's going to want some revenge for a potential MVP season. I am taking Tennessee all the way, and I hate to say it because I love the Bengals. If the Bengals win, I'll be like happy, like go Joey B, you know, go that team. But I want to be even more excited when Derrick Henry has a heyday against the Bengals, and it's going to be so fun to see the Tennessee Titans move to the AFC Championship. The King, no, oh, don't give me that. The King has returned, and he's going to make his name dominant again. I know, man. I know this, this, to me, to me, this is the hardest pick in the entire weekend. No. Um, no I, I said really, it Cowboys, believe, but this is. No, I really believe that this is the toughest pick. And it's, it kind of does have to do with Derrick Henry coming back in a way. Um, it's not the fact that I don't think that he won't produce. Um, it's not the fact that, I mean, it, it's Derrick Henry, man. Like, this is the king. Like, this is the guy that hasn't played since week eight and is still ranked in the top uh, 10 in rushing yards on the NFL this season. I mean, it's it's crazy what this guy means as far as a production as as far as production is concerned for this team. Um, on top of that, I haven't checked the full injury status of Julio and AJ. Are they, is everyone playing? I think so. I think Julio has limited reps. I mean, at least uh, according okay. to the sports book, uh, over uh, for Julio is like 18 yards. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, coming off injury, I mean, you just never know. And I, I wish I had knew more clearly if they were all playing or not. I mean, but the Tennessee has proven that they're a tough out all year. They've beaten teams that we didn't expect them to beat. They've beaten the Bills. They've beaten um, 
the they've beaten the Bills, they've beaten the Chiefs, and when I say they beat the Chiefs, they stomp the Chiefs. They beat the Rams. They beat a bunch. They beat the Niners. Like they stomped my Dolphins without any of their superstars by thirty points a few weeks ago. Like they're an incredible team, but it also it's so hard for me because when you're talking about the Bengals right now, you're talking about the team with the hot hand. You're talking about the quarterback that for pretty much five weeks straight has been absolutely lights out and unstoppable. You're talking about a team that's hungry just because they don't, um, they, they really haven't been in this position. They don't understand what it is to really be here. So at this point, it's a win it or screw it, like effort mentality. Like, you know what it is? You know what it is? I'm not saying it's not that for any of the teams in the playoffs at this point, but the Bengals, I just I feel like they're the hot team. They're coming off of a game. Like, they just played a game. So, they're still – I mean, I know that we talk about rest being a big thing, but also staying in rhythm is kind of a big thing. The Titans are going to have Derrick Henry coming back from injury, A.J. Brown and Julio coming back from injury. Like, are they going to be in rhythm? Are they going to be as great as they need to be? It, it, it just makes me really nervous especially when you know the Bengals are going to be sitting there game plan. But I have seen the Bengals be inconsistent. So I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Titans. I mean, that's a very logical answer. And, yeah, I mean – they will go and mesh up. I think Ryan Tannehill is a uh, top 15 quarterback in the league, that being 15 or 14. So, I mean, he'll get A.J. Brown and uh, Julio the ball. But, like you said, they do have to kind of come out and make their presence known so that he makes Derrick Henry more successful as well. Uh, I just think the inexperience in the playoffs will get to the Bengals finally, and it's a Titans kind of like lucky draw. I mean, it's in Nashville, obviously, with them being the number one seed. They do get a week off to – Back out there, all their star players. Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, regardless of the time he's had off, regardless if they even limit his touches, which I don't think they do in a playoff game. But I, I just, even if he's not in full rhythm, it's Derrick Henry, man. Like he's probably still going to have a hundred yard game, regardless of what happens. So I, I look at that. I see what Ryan Tannehill has done in Derrick Henry's absence throughout the season to continue to win games in this position so I trust in him I've watched this whole time with Miami the guy can play ball it's just when you have Derrick Henry as your running back obviously it overshadowed a bit but the guy can play they're playing at home they're the number one seed the king is back and I've seen the Bengals be inconsistent I've seen them play really great this year and then they come out and just kind of crowd the bed against a team that you don't think is anywhere close to their level so not saying they're going to do that this weekend, but it just makes me believe more in the Titans. So, yeah, let's go with it. Let's roll. All righty. We both agree with the Titans. Now, the other AFC matchup, the the heavyweight, the WrestleMania, the AFC champ, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Either team that wins, I'm going to like. You know, I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I like the Buffalo Bills. Um in my opinion, this is the toughest game to choose between the winner and the loser. Um, obviously, when there's only, you know, four matchups left, Jake, it's going to be a tough decisions either way. I mean, betting spreads, betting money lines is going to be tough unless you really have, really have. you know, yeah. uh, good knowledge behind it. So let's think about it. 
oh, wait, they both got their swagger back. You know, they both had dominant wins. They've both shown great games. They've both had games where they didn't do so well. Um, so, I mean, they're legit kind of like the same teams. Now, which way do you want to go, Yank? Do you want to go with it's the revenge season? It's the revenge tour for the Buffalo Bills. They finally get that big revenge game where Stefan Diggs was standing on the outside of the that celebration. Is, I'm so glad you that That's all I think about when I think it, of this matchup. Exactly. Oh. And I don't. Like that image is like clouding my thoughts on who I think is going to win this game. Same and for that, I'm going to lean towards the Buffalo Bills, uh, and that's hard. That's, that hurts. Betting against the Kansas City Chiefs is never a good thing. But you know, predicting a team that's going to beat the Chiefs, like nobody says that. It's something that's very uh, taboo. Yeah, it's a big word for me. Uh, but it's very taboo to bet against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think just the Buffalo Bills. Kind of, they wanted to get that revenge. They've done it against the Patriots. They're a great team. I think their defense has gotten better. And uh, I think Josh Allen as well has a lot to prove. And I think this is the game to prove it. I think this is the Buffalo Bills coming out party. And they finally get over the hump of beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs do not go back to the Super Bowl for a third year in a row. You're right. I mean, these are tough games this week. Like I said, all of them could kind of go either way in a way. Um, but I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree here. I, As much as I am a fellow AFC East friend and would love to see um, AFC East continue to be represented in a way, um, I just I, – I don't see it. I don't see it just because of kind of some of the things that you've said already. In a way, these teams are very similar. Um, you're talking about explosive offenses. They can do it on the air or on the ground, and that can also come from their quarterback on either side. Their defenses aren't necessarily the greatest, but they have come along strong at the end of the season when they've needed to. I mean, the Bills are coming off a big-time win against a the greatest coach of all time who's awesome at game planning, and they've put up a 30-point win against the Patriots. It's extremely impressive. No, the Chiefs have a weaker opponent in the Steelers, but they come out against a dominant defense. Who, I mean, the Steelers have a top-three defense all season. And they absolutely embarrass them. I mean, it's 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 hard, man. I wish that I could say, like, oh, the Steelers were just – they're not as good a competition as the Patriots. But the Chiefs made, them, made light work of them. And then the Bills did the same thing with the Patriots. I wish there was more of a momentum factor. I just, they both I, got the so, momentum. Yeah, they do. They both had the momentum. It is what it is. I know that Stefan Diggs and all of them, it's a revenge game. They're, I'm thinking about him standing there at the end of the field. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen. I just am. And that is what I think it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to who is more efficient and who has less turnovers. When I watch the games, when it comes down to a passing attack, I think that Mahomes is just that he's, he's better when it comes to throwing the football. As simple as it is to put it. I wish that I could make it more – um, statistical or scientific or whatever else. But no, sometimes you just have to go with a feeling. And I just think Patrick Mahomes, they're both coming off of five touchdown games, but Patrick Mahomes would be the one to string a couple of those games together. Um, I think that the Bills end up disappointed again and they walk away defeated. See, the also thing you have to look about, Yank, is not a terrible pick. Not at all. Okay. But I mean, they beat the, the Chiefs. You're talking about them beating the Chiefs to get over that hump. They beat them in the regular season handily. 
I think the Chiefs are thinking about that too. And that was back when the Chiefs weren't even playing that well. So they've come a long way since then. I think it's a different team that the Bills are coming into face, whether they expect it to be or not. And uh, yeah, that's just. But that's the Kansas City secondary, it's going to be an offensive shootout without a doubt. It's going to be what quarterback can sling it the most. And the Kansas, the Kansas City uh, secondary is going to be a problem. I think Josh Allen is going to figure out what those problems are. So I think that's going to be the another point why I'm leaning towards the Buffalo Bills, but also. Uh, it's just going to be so much fun to watch. And I need to come back in the playoff predictions anyway, and I'm glad you went to the Chiefs. So when the Bills get the W, I can close that gap. <laughs> uh, I figure. Sometimes I'm interested to see how these games turn out, to see where we're at after the end of this. But we'll see. We'll see. It's, I'm going to go. They're the two-time, the two-time AFC champs, man. Someone's got to beat them. Show me that they can beat them. Exactly. And I think this is the weekend. Uh, moving on over to the NFC uh, team, I really don't only really talk about on the podcast, that being the Green Bay Packers will play against the 49ers who broke my heart this past weekend. Uh, Yank, I'm going to cut it easy for you. Uh, I'm going to lay it on, uh, lay it super easy. Uh, the 49ers are going to upset the Green Bay Packers. No, they are not. Stop it. Yank, Yank I am. Let... What'd you say? Stop it. No. I'm going to let my Packers bias. Oh, my, my God. Come into the playoff prediction. I'm going to be a huge San Francisco 49ers fan. Oh I think they're going to pull off a W. Something magical or major is going to happen this weekend, and the Packers are going to lose right away. All the talks are going to go away. Somehow it's going to happen. Yank, I really don't know how it is. Sometimes you go into a test, Yank. With not studying at all, or hardly doing other studying, and you take the test and you pass. And it just oh, I know like you that. know I know about that. I know you know all about that. And that's what the 49ers are going to do this weekend: is they're going to go pass the test and they're going to go move on. And it's going to be a mini playoff rivalry between these two teams. But uh, yeah, 49ers are going to get the W. You have been smoking crack, sir. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Like. This is my turn to be. You are so wrong. Like, dude. Okay. I get it. I mean, when you're talking about the 49ers versus Packers, it honestly has been a bad matchup. Uh, his Aaron Rodgers and the Packers every time they've had to play them. I mean, the last NFC championship that they played against each other, which was a couple years ago, 49ers just dumb. Um, but this is a different. Packers team, in my opinion, this is a different Aaron Rodgers. In my opinion, this is his swan song season for Green Bay. I don't think he comes out and loses a first playoff game, especially at home in Lambeau. Um, I understand that the 49ers have a great rushing attack. I understand that they have some good talent as far as a receiving core. But you're going to tell me at this point, with everything, all the stuff that has been stacking with Rodgers, the whole narrative, the whole storyline all season, you're telling me he's going to come out and lose to Jimmy G first week in the playoffs in Lambeau? I, I'm not seeing it. I, I believe that when Brett Favre set, told this man that he is requesting one more thing from him and that's to win another Super Bowl, he might just do it. Um, it's always, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about matchups and see what happens after this week, but we're talking, I mean... <sighs> I just, I, yeah, no, no, no. 
No, <laughs> no. The Packers are going to win this game. I mean, yes, the stats don't lie. Yes, the papers don't lie. Yes, the people on the paper don't lie. But, uh, you know, there's just a this little. This is one thing. I mean, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback, but this is Aaron Rodgers we talk about. This is Devontae Adams <laughs> we talk about. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They're getting Bakhtiari back. They're getting their line back. They've got like seven starters or six players or something returning from injury this year, this week. They're, it's the most full strength the Packers have been the entire season. And this is the 13-3 and three Packers led by Aaron Rodgers, who's one of, if not the best talent we've ever seen at the position. Um, I, I just I, – I'm not going to buy it. I, as much as I love the 49ers, as much as I have said they are a tough out for anybody – their and their run ends here, and if it doesn't, I mean, I tip my hat to you. But even though I know it's just out of bias, and I don't know if you're really logically thinking about this, but at the same time, uh, if they pull off back to back upsets, I'll be I'll be pretty amazed. I'll start calling them the New York Giants of 07. Like I don't know, <laughs> crazy, but yeah, I, it's I gonna be tough. I think this was to me this is the easiest pick out of all the games. In my that opinion. may be. Uh, but you also, you know, I'm just hoping that uh, the game plan goes by them just running down the clock, not giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers. To they the ain't no at home, folks. Just letting you know. There ain't no at home this year. Hey, not to be eight one. Uh, I let the bias <laughs> me, but that's A-OK. That's why we're here on the podcast. Moving on okay. to the last matchup, which is another uh, highly anticipated one, like most of these are. And that being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Yank, I've been scared of this injury bug. I've been scared of the what ifs and Tom Brady's been proving wrong. Good. I like that. I like when Tom Brady proves it wrong because, you know, I want to be on the side of the Bucs winning anyway. But when you face against a put together Super Bowl caliber team, and we've been talking about it since the week complete one. team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like you put it on paper, you build this in Madden, like this is the team, you're like, yeah, I'm going to take this. For real, to the I Super would make Bowl. all these trades in Madden. <laughs> and they're all healthy. They're all thriving. I mean, they just went and beat a rival this past weekend. Uh, and you go play up a banged up Buccaneers team. Uh, if uh, I actually, shout out Hunter Wright, he actually hit me up. He's like, if Tristan Wirth doesn't play, the Rams win this game. Yep, that's the same thing to me. I was gonna shout him out too here in a second. Yeah, but yeah, that's let's discuss not it. a bad take. Um, especially if two of their offensive linemen are out, I think the center is still gonna play Jensen, but that's scary against that amazing uh front seven, front six for the uh Los Angeles Rams. Tom Brady, you're gonna get that ball off, you're gonna get it off in one and a half seconds. You're gonna hope Keyshawn or Leonard Fournette, since he's coming back this week, goes off for a good big game and breaks some tackles. You're going to have to hope Mike Evans can get those great one-on-one matchups so that the Rams blitz more and you can take those shots with the one-on-one over the top. You're going to need that. And Bruce Arians is going to have his work cut out this weekend. And once again, I'm just kind of stuck in between the middle of this game. This is a tough one, but I think I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (sighs) Got it out. I mean, you you know what? It's hard to bet against the GOAT, man. It really is. It's hard to bet against Brady. He usually proves you wrong if you do. I mean, that's his literally the story of his entire career. I don't know if anybody out there watching the Man in the Arena series, but there, there is a comment about him being an underdog in basically every situation and every episode at some point. 
Just letting you know. I mean, is it true? Yes, but still, doesn't matter. It's Tom Brady betting against him. Doesn't go well, but I'm going to do it here. I think uh, I'd I, I pick the Rams as a dark horse for the Super Bowl since the start of the season. You have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with them still here. I think it, it does come down to the whole complete team. It does come down to the injuries. I know that a few weeks ago we started talking about the injuries uh, when Godwin went down. I, I, di- I wasn't worried then. But then you lose AB. Uh, now you're losing Tristan Wirfs, uh, most likely, in my opinion, as of right you already now. Lost Godwin. Yeah, you're, you lose Godwin. You have no AB. You have probably no yeah, you probably have no worse. You've got Leonard Fournette just now coming off of a hamstring injury, which we all know how serious those are and how they can linger. Um, don't know if he'll be at hundred percent. I mean, Jensen's banged up. I'm gonna stand with Hunter Wright on this one. If Tristan Worse doesn't play this weekend, the Bucks are not winning this game. Um, I think that if there's anything that we've ever seen Tom Brady struggle against, it's when he is under constant duress, constant pressure. Because, I mean, he is 44 years old, man. It's a little bit harder for him to move around. He's not the most mobile guy uh, to begin with. It, does he get rid of the ball quick? Yes. Is he going to be way better at picking up the blitzes and making fast reads than what Kyler Murray was against them last, se- uh, last week? Absolutely. This is Tom Brady. But still, it's, it's just there's a lot of factors that are going against him. And to me, the biggest one is just going to be this injury bug. I mean, Tristan Wirfs, without him – Ryan Marpet is going to be having a hell of a day on that on that edge if he has to come in and fill in. I mean, I'm telling you, they will attack that side of the line all day. And with how good the defensive line is for the Rams, I don't know if they'll be able to hold up. And if they're able to get constant pressure on Brady, that'll throw him off rhythm. Like we said, he doesn't have AB, he doesn't have Goblin, so their superstars aren't going to all be out there. I, I just – it's – it worries me with all that. And then on top of that, they've got to come and play against the Rams offense, which is at its peak for probably at its best for what it has been this entire season with Cam Akers back with Odell being getting much, much more comfortable with Cooper cup being who he is as a, as a receiver with Sony Michelle, not even having to start at burning back anymore, but still being a productive player. And then of course, the guy who they did everything to go and get just to put them in this position to win playoff games, Matthew Stafford. Um, the last time they played, Rams picked them apart. They came out with an energy that said, look, we know that this is the matchup of the week. We know that this is a matchup that's probably going to happen again down the road. Let's show them what this is about, what it means to us. And I kind of think they're going to come out with that same swagger, same attitude, especially from a defensive standpoint to try and just get pressure on the ball, pressure on Brady. I'm going with the Rams. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's been that team you've been calling it from the beginning. The you know this they're finally at the road down the road. Well, they're at the road now, and it's going to be what team's going to show up, and the Bucks are going to have to play their best football. Tom Brady. For real. I mean, if they win, the right I'm not gonna. Yeah, if they win, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised just because it is Tom Brady. But we're asking a lot from a 44 year old quarterback um, against one of the best teams in the NFL. And let's just face it. I mean, Tom Brady's only won back-to-back titles one time in his career back in 03 and 04. I, I mean, as many titles as he's won, as many Super Bowl runs as he made, history doesn't tend to repeat itself all that often. 
I, I just – I don't know. I, I I don't think that they go make another title run this year. I mean, do they make another one before he retires? I say yes, but not with all the injuries, not with how banged up they are. Yep, the Bucks, uh are going to get the win. They're going to put together that great game plan <laughs> to do so, and they're going to game plan against it. And I think Matthew Stafford is not – he's going to have that playoff just explosion, that game where he's going to be totally off. We've talked about it all year. Matt Stafford's either on – or he's off. Last game, he was actually kind of in the middle. You know, kind of goes against what we were just saying. But I think he's going to be really off. He's going to make a big-time mistake here or there, and that's going to prevail the Buccaneers to catch the W this past or this coming up weekend. Now, Yank, we talked about so much here on the podcast, so much football. We love it. It's a life Playoff scenarios, baby. We talk all day. We love talking about all about the playoffs. Uh, any hot takes before you sign us off? Not really a hot take, um, just my opinion, honestly. And it has nothing to do with any of the upcoming games. It's just with the conclusion of this past weekend, obviously certain teams um, are done. done. Their season's over. Um, One of those teams being the Raiders. A big question in this offseason coming forward is going to be who assumes that head coaching job officially. I don't think they need to look anywhere else. Um, I think they stick with, uh, how do you pronounce it, Basica, I don't know, something like that. I I had to look up how to pronounce it. I always mess up his last name. But I think they stick with the interim head coach. I mean, any coach that, one, deals with all the turmoil that they had throughout the season, keeps the team focused, um, has the backing and support of the superstar quarterback and Derek Carr saying that everyone actually listens to him. Everyone pulls to him. He's got command of the locker room. That's really big from a player standpoint. And then on top of that, just just the little things, little storylines that people like to point out, the feel-good stories. But for him to be sitting there writing handwritten notes to every player on the football team, thanking them for their effort, for being a team, for coming together to make this playoff run, to have the season they had, I mean, that speaks volumes in itself. What coach really goes out of the way to try and do that? This man isn't even the official head coach, and he's already doing that. Could only imagine what he would do once he was given the keys to the locker room. So I say that the Raiders have their coach. They need to stop looking. Yeah, I mean, I don't really hot take. I would agree with you on that, like everyone else. But uh, my hot take, you already heard it. Uh, we're going to stick with that. Uh, where we're going to let the bias drive the bus here. But at 49ers, we the factors. Hot, hot, hot. Fresh off the frying pan. Yeah, that's that's a beyond hot take. That's a mess around and play with matches. Smokey the Bear hot take. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> burn it down. Burn, the wood. burn it down. You are riding or dying. I'm just going to let you know, if you do not win that game this weekend, your pick em chances are looking hard, are looking, looking a little diminished. So you better hope that the 49ers <laughs> come through. Well, we have three different uh, picks this week. So <laughs> Crazy. It could be a big swing. Yeah, good for real. I could be sitting here pretty and just be screwed. <laughs> All righty. Sign us up. Um, yes, sir. If you're talking sports, just a matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Playoff weekend, baby. Let's get it going. Peace. Peace.